Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. It is back with me on the head mic. Dan is working late on Wednesdays. Apologies for the delay. I was uh, a little bit unwell on uh, over the weekend and coming into the early part of this week. And so didn't do Monday because I did not think I could actually sit through an hour without constantly having to run off to, uh, as I was teaching Joe earlier, uh, the bog, which is the the loo or the toilet or the lavatory or whatever kind of word you want to use, Joe. Uh, that's what bog means. So Okay, um, I knew loo, not bog. <laughs> There you go. Um, I'm surprised Liam didn't teach you that one. So, yes, uh, that's a nice, disgusting way to start the show. But we are back. I have an amazing guest, co-owner, managing editor of Fantasy Points, uh, co-host of the Fantasy Feast podcast, and he's overall rankings king, best ball king, overall nice guy, F1 enthusiast, Philly native, Joe Dolan. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Murph, it's great to be with you. We we actually were discussing. Um, uh, I I've started to like. I, Murph, I I really hope you don't feel like you're like a, a lab rat for me, like because like <laughs> I am so utterly fascinated by British culture and British slang, and like I have I have become. In case you 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 haven't noticed, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, and I've lost followers for tweeting about F one, which I don't care, like. My Twitter feed. I'm going to do what I want. Cool. I have become obsessed with the word bell end, <laughs> which I mean, obviously, Murph, your listeners know what that is, but it's yeah. just a so much more colorful way to say dickhead, yeah. which is, it's a very brash word in America, dickhead, but bell end. And like, you know, so calling somebody a bit of a bell is, is, I, I, I have become obsessed with it. And it is, it has been reaffirmed. Christian Horner is the biggest bell end in the history of the world. Maybe, yeah. maybe not just F one. Maybe the history of the world. But I have become. I have become. I, look, I'm. I'm not going to go out there and say I'm this refined Formula One fan who's been a fan of it since Nicky Lauda was te- was tearing tracks apart. Now, I'm. I'm a drive to survive Formula One fan. I'm. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, but uh, you know, I've I, I, it's become a new love, 
and I'm glad I can I can chop it up with Murph about it because <laughs> you uh, you and I have been going back and forth and it's like is we this have. guy is this guy a bell end? <laughs> and we, but we agree for the most part. George Russell is a is a helmet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You won't catch me saying many nice words about um, George Russell. So my my F one fandom is really bizarre because I I was very much an F one purist. So give me the late eighties, early nineties um, F one racing. You know, I grew up watching Ayrton Senna, Michael Schumacher, Damon Hill, Nigel Mansell, Alan Prost. And then for me, the technology took over the cars and to the point where I think it pivoted too far to where it was machine with with man, not man and machine. So the last few years, I've really been quite negative towards F1. And people that are hearing me talk know how much I've been quite negative towards F1. But over the last year, I would say things have changed. There's been three factors to that. One is Drive to Survive, which, by the way, is the best sports documentary series out there. It's better than All or Nothing. It's better than, uh, you know, um, hard anything. It's better than Hard Knocks. That was the one I was struggling to find. It's I will say, I will say, Murph, just not, not to step on it. I thought the Colts yeah. in season one was as good as Hard Knocks has been in forever. Oh, yeah. It, it, hard Knocks has been poor for about 10 years. Uh, have, having was... the in-season, like, mm. the drama... You know, it is was important to me anyway, but you you get back on because oh, Drive to Survive is in season. That's what's important. Oh yeah, but I mean, Drive to Survive is incredible. Like in terms of, I realize how badly F one is covered in the media because there's so many things that you miss if you're just a casual fan. So if you're someone who doesn't watch like every minute of every race and the post race and all the uh, interactions with Ted Kravitz and and all the others. It, you kind of get lost with the main storyline, which is Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. They crash, they race, they win. You know, and those guys won twenty races between them last year. You know, that doesn't leave a lot of races for anybody else to win. So it's very much like regular sports media just covers those two guys. There's eighteen guys that no one really cares anything about. So Drive to Survive massively changed my perspective. The title race last year having actually it be competitive was massive. But then the last one is the new rules and regulations, which have now made it that most of the cars, we saw this this weekend, look relatively equal. There's some engine performance things, and but it's the first time I can think of a start of an F1 season and thought, well, there's probably six guys that could win this race, realistically. Uh, depending on what happens on the day, a little bit of luck. I know the Mercedes was slightly off and maybe not quite as competitive, but it's exciting now. Like F1 now with the new cars and everything is as exciting as it has been in 15, 20 years. Easy. And, I, you know, I, I, one of the things that I always hurt me when I got into to racing was like, and, and even with F1, and you see Lewis Hamilton, like obviously – observing from the outside, I obviously know who Michael Schumacher and who Lewis Hamilton were. Like, you know, they're, they're mm. these elite racing drivers, but like, I was always concerned. It's like, why would I just, why would I just show up to watch a car, you know? And like yeah. knowing what car is the best. And, yeah. you know, I I've started to like, but, but getting to, to being able for me as somebody who's like, why would I watch this when you basically know who who's going to win? Yeah. Getting me to care about some of those other people is important. But also now, um, as you said, the regulations, it feels like if you're getting into it, you're getting in at a great time. Mm. Because, uh, you know, just thinking that like this, this car that they have this year is going to differentiate the drivers a little bit like it's going to be you're going to know who the better driver is and it's also going to bunch the cars together a little bit more and obviously we're we're seeing you know guys unfortunately i i, I like mclaren unfortunately um they don't seem to have figured out the new rules just yet uh the new regulations but i'm hoping that um a lot of these uh, that that this can get bunched up even further uh as the year goes on and as the cars uh, even out you know i can't talk about this like an expert you know i just enjoy watching it um but i've I'm learning more and 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 it has led to my obsession with british slang um because i mean <laughs> if there, there have got to be more tweets calling christian horner a bell end than anybody else in the history of planet earth 
But he is, and listen, the thing is, right, I, I didn't mind when people said karma for Red Bull after what happened with the title finish last year. There were a lot of people that are very angry with Max Verstappen last year, which I kind of think is a bit unfair because Max Verstappen was maybe the beneficiary of what happened with the title race and everything, but he 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 didn't push the buttons, he didn't speak the race control, he was the guy in the car. And if you're going to give him an advantage, he's obviously going to take it. He's a racing driver. I don't think anyone can blame Max Verstappen for the way anything happened last year. It's more the Christian Horner and, and all that. But I'm glad. I mean, listen, comeuppance has been served, and I love it when Christian Horner is is pissed because you could tell in the in the interviews in the aftermath of Sunday he was pissed. And I was. Cackle. And that's why it's going to be uh, great. It's going to be was, great because, I mean, yeah. like we're like I was like when the, when after Max retired and we're like, oh my god, Hamilton's going to catch Perez, and then he spun. I oh. I mean, I, my cackle must have been the shrillest <laughs> thing that like I, I, it was unbelievable. Um, uh, but anyway, I mean, I, it's great. We ever uh, my, my my drive to fr- survive takes are extremely basic. By the way. <laughs> Um, I think Christian Horner's a bell. I love Toto Wolf. I love Gunther Steiner. I think oh, yeah. Daniel Ric- uh, Daniel Ricardo is a dope who I would mm. love to hang out with every day. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, like I mean, he's just like he was. What was he? He said he was in L.A. and Checo was like, "Oh, I was in Mexico." And Daniel was like, "Was it winter or summer there?" And I'm like, "Oh boy, Daniel." <laughs> like, yeah. that's the, his version of Jared Goff not knowing where the sun rises and sets. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but, but no, they're, they're very basic. Take. I just like it. I'm a fan now. And, you know, I, I, I'm i glad that it seems like the really hardcore community has been welcoming because, mm. like, not trying to gatekeep the fandom. I do see people who are like, oh, you know, Drive to Survive is so fake. I don't care. It's entertaining. Uh, I don't care if it's fake. You know, it, Christian I, Horner I, I, is playing it up. I understand that. <laughs> But it's like any sports documentary. You're always going to have an element of it that is played up. You're always going to have an element of it that is not what you want to see or what you want to believe happens. And, and there's parts that are fake conversations, like the one with George Russell and his girlfriend in the uh, oh, in, yeah. the, in the Shangri-La in 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 the Shard in in London. Like, I don't care. I don't care what George Russell has for lunch and he has his girlfriend. Like, I don't give two craps. That is something you can edit out of the show. And you can put something else in. The reason why he was edited out of the early versions of the show was because he's boring. He is a boring individual. That's why. You know, I mean, he moaned about, he even moaned about it in Drive to Survive season three. He was like, oh, am I going to be in this for longer than two seconds? <laughs> well, I, um, I got the impression, my wife and I got the impression when he was taking pictures with the fans, like, you know, fans were coming up to him on um, the streets of London, I presume that was. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, Thank huge you. fan taking a picture. And I said to my wife, I'm like, would he have taken the picture with those fans if the cameras weren't on him? No, he didn't. I, I didn't. He didn't seem like that type of bloke, you know. So no, he doesn't seem like that type of bloke at all. So no. it, it does help that the cameras are on him. I think he was around Piccadilly. Also, it's like so he goes from like Piccadilly to to um, London Bridge to go and eat lunch. Like that just doesn't seem very realistic. I know it's a nice mm-hmm. fancy place, but yeah, it was a bit bit weird. But that's the staging part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, it's, uh, I understand that it's not going to tell the whole story and everything, but no. you know, it's a fan. I'm a fan. I'm glad, you know, I want people, I would love, you know, for people to get interested in fantasy football because of the uh, part. I mean, I'm sure even in the UK, you know, football is still very, it's probably more omnipresent than F1 was here in America. Yeah. I'm guessing, you, you know, just like it, it's just one of those things you either like or, or you don't, but you know, over the last 10, 15 years, soccer has become much bigger here in, in the United States, just like, you know, with the, the, the women's national team here has helped a lot, but like getting the mm. premier league package here and, you know, and now we're getting races added here in, um, in, in America. Uh, Murphy, as a matter of fact, my wife and I were looking to go to one, by the way, they're very expensive to go to. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were, but, um, not we cheap. Ended up, we're, um, we, we can't do it this year. We we're going to go to Miami, which is the first this year. And next year, we're coming over uh, your side of the pond. Um, uh, we're going to be in Barcelona, but I want to go. I want you to show us around your neck of the woods and maybe catch some some Premier League. But um, we're adding one in Vegas, uh, I think. Oh, wow. That would be as well. 
I mean, you want to talk about a weekend? Have you been to Vegas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been to Vegas a couple of oh, times. Oh my Atlanta. That is gonna be that that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh they're adding a, a third uh, American race in Las Vegas. So yeah, um, we're gonna have plenty of opportunities. It's growing here. I know people are starting, you know, I think for Stappen and Checo aren't participating in Drive to Survive next year. Oh, you know, it just calls it up. I I, I certainly would think Formula One wants the show to continue because mm. It is not, it, it, there is no, uh, people are not at all worn out on it here. People are just really getting into it. And it's big here as well. And I think, you know, the fact is that it's a sport that is somehow figured out how to tap into an audience and find a new way to project into it. And is now making a lot of changes that is going to welcome even more fans and disgruntled fans like me who haven't watched it for the best part of 10 years, uh, get back into it. But and you're uh, doing a PGA tour version and they're doing i believe a tennis version now as well like these individual sports with these characters who have to for their entire life be just utterly obsessed with getting to the best level of it i i think those those probably work as well but i don't know if you had heard about that but those those are coming as well no there is um the all or nothing series has moved into the premier league um so last year was tottenham this year's arsenal um which everyone made a lot of fun of early in the season when the team was hit with COVID and they lost a lot of games early and were bottom of the league. And now they're, they're rising up through the field in fourth place. And uh, yeah, it doesn't seem so funny to people anymore <laughs> that this has been documented. But it's an interesting, I think it's going to be an interesting take on what goes on in the Premier League. I found the Tottenham one to be a bit fake. Um, so I'm hoping that this one is a bit more real, especially as it's my club. But we're 15 minutes into a fantasy football show and we haven't talked any right. NFL, including including huge news coming out this evening here, this afternoon, your time, Joe, and it's Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. And this thing unraveled in the press in like warp speed. I mean, it, oh. it, I mean, it just like he went from talks have broken down to 30 minutes later, it's the Jets and the Dolphins to an hour later, he's a Dolphin. Like 90 minutes, he went from Talk's broken down to he is a dolphin. It's let, done. Let me um let me see this. Okay. Because I tweeted today, this morning, my time, um, that uh we had uh updated our free agency uh rankings here. Okay, so with the free agency and wild trade market finally set it settling down. This is what I tweeted. Finally settling down. We've pushed a massive update to our staff best ball rankings, okay? This is at 10.52 a.m. my time, which I believe because of daylight savings is 2.52 p.m. Yeah. your time. Um, okay, so that's 10.52 a.m. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ian Rappaport at 11.04 a.m. tweeted, Despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Tyreek Hill one of the highest paid receivers, extension talks have stalled. That was at 11.04 a.m., literally 12 minutes after I made that tweet. So it is my fault. It is my fault that that trade happened. And then uh, it was the, the trade, the Miami trade came down. Uh, Adam Schefter said it was Jets and Dolphins at 11.12. And then I think it was like 12.30. And then it was it was over. Just it's unbelievable. A massive. And and the thing is as well, I've had a little bit of time to process this instead of it being something that's just happened. And you know, this is this is an interesting one because I wonder if COVID nineteen hadn't happened, the pandemic hadn't happened, the salary cap shrinkage hadn't happened when they signed Mahomes and Hill to their original deals. 
Yeah. I can't help but think if none of those if those things didn't happen, Tyreek Hill would have signed a bigger deal than what he's got now or roughly the same. And he'd still be a chief. This wasn't the fact that he was disgruntled with the Chiefs. He just wanted he wanted the final payday. He's twenty eight. Yeah. He wanted his money. Um, he's arguably got a skill set that doesn't age particularly well. You know, I always wonder about that. Like, people are like, oh, he's slow. So as he gets older, he's going to get slower. That's not going to age well. Oh, <laughs> or he's really fast. He's going to get slower as he gets older. That's not going to age well. I'm, You know, I'm not really sure what, what the case is. But the fact of the matter is you're playing football here. You're going to get hurt probably mm-hmm. at some point. And, you know, it, it's just kind of odd how the dominoes fall you can make the argument that the Raiders trading for Devontae Adams and signing him to the contract they signed him to essentially forced the Chiefs to trade Tyreek Hill yeah you can make that argument now I don't I seriously doubt the Raiders had that thought when they made that deal but like Tyreek Hill's like wait a minute I'm younger and to him he's better than this guy I've been to a Super Bowl. I've been to two Super Bowls. I've won a Super Bowl. Why am I not getting this money? Well, Tyreek, we can't pay you this money because we're paying Patrick all this money. Well, I don't care. I already have my ring. I want the money. Extensions break down. He's in Miami. And, like, you know, and say, like, there's a million things you can say, you know, about Tyreek Hill and his past um, that really make this kind of another. blight on the NFL especially since Deshaun Watson was traded earlier this week you know like like just another blight on the league after bidding wars for these two characters but you know he's thinking like I've got my ring I've made six Pro Bowls you know I want my money and that's that's his prerogative to feel that way you know it's his prerogative to say I want to go play with Tua as opposed to Mahomes because they're going to pay me more money that's certainly his prerogative but from a fantasy football perspective Murph I mean I don't even want to know what this does to my rankings because you know I have Tyreek Hill in my first round he's not in my first round anymore now I totally believe Mike McDaniel is going to manufacture touches for Tyreek Hill in the same way he did for Debo Samuel but is he? I thought they were going to do that with Jalen Waddle too, right? So yeah. now, all right, you might have two guys who you can do that for, but which guy's better for fantasy? You know, Tua is much more of a dink and dunker than Patrick Mahomes. That goes without saying. I mean, everybody's a dink and dunker compared to him. <laughs> um, there, there's so much to unravel. Who is the Chiefs' number one wide receiver? Uh, well, Juju, yeah, he can catch 100 passes, but Juju's not averaging 15 yards a catch. It's not going to happen. You know, it, it, it's it's so there's so much to unravel here. I I was the hot take artist on on our staff. I was the one who had Mark Andrews as tight end one instead of Kelsey. That's out the window. Yeah, Kelsey's got to be tar- tight end one now, right? Yeah. I, I mean, so I was like, uh, uh, hey, I'll take the discount on Andrews again. I'll be glad about that, but. Um, I have to, I, in good faith, I have to rank Travis Kelsey's my tight end one when I go in and do the rankings. I, I mean, this is like, I mean, two trades in the span of a week have blown up two guys who are first round wide receivers. I had Devontae Adams in my top five overall. I had yeah. to move him down. I had to. Yeah, absolutely. I still have him in my first round, but Tyreek's going to fall farther than that. I can tell you that. Uh, he's a second rounder. I had Waddle, at, I think my 24th overall player. Man, I'm going to drop him at least around, if not more than that. I mean, it, it it's it's tough. As, as somebody who had who has Jalen Waddle for dynasty, I did not want to see this happen. I really did no. not. And the thing is, as well. So now, I, I've been thinking the same thing all day, and I have to think that Travis Kelsey replaces Tyree Kill in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I had, and, and I had like, Kelsey. Let me see where I had Hill because I, I, I frankly I have not updated my rankings just yet because I'm like, no, no I haven't. Heck? Well, like, here's the thing. What's going to happen? Because you, you'd think Devontae Parker is the odd man out here, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Devontae Parker is, is pretty much now irrelevant from a fantasy football perspective. Yeah, he could, they're not going to throw the ball enough for three three wide receivers to get some balls. Yeah, what if he ends up in, like, Philly or something? That might be – because Philly, apparently, everyone it, when it came out that um, Tyree Kill was on the trade market, everybody's like, well – Philly apparently, Murph, as, as you might know, I don't know, you, you, the Jay Glazer report, that they essentially had traded for Calvin Ridley. But the Falcons, in a show of utterly good faith, 
said, no, you, you can't do this. Like, and then, you know, Philly was in on Allen Robinson, didn't land him. And I think a lot of people were like, you know, Philly, Tyreek Hill, like this, this, this he's going to be, he's going to be the guy. Like, this is where you got to put Tyreek, like, and then it comes out. Philly just didn't want to pay for him. You know, maybe Devontae Parker ends up in a spot like that. Maybe he ends up in Green Bay. But you'd have to think Devontae Parker's sitting here thinking, okay, Waddle was your top 10 pick. You've just made this guy the highest paid wide receiver in football. You just signed Cedric Wilson this offseason. Mike Kosicki's your franchise player. Where are my targets coming from? And I think that's probably fair. But here's the other thing as well, is they paid Cedric Wilson in in free agency a significant amount of money. And you have to sit there and think now, that's a questionable move, given that you've now just... Because you look at it and you thought, if you held... You know, Cedric Wilson, if you picked him up tail in the last season, he performed for you all on the hope that you thought he would stay. Because it looked like it was going to be Cooper and Wilson would stay. Gallup would be the odd man out. They couldn't afford to keep him. He would go. And you're thinking, well, okay, arrow up on, on Wilson. Instead, they get rid of Cooper. Gallup gets paid. You think, okay, well, this is this is just as good. We'll have Lamb, you know, Wilson and and Gallup, like happy days. And then you think, well, they'll support that. And then it turns out they're not going to pay Wilson. He gets traded in Miami. You think, well, okay, that's not bad because he's playing alongside Tua. There's, you know, he'll probably edge out Parker with his contract. You know, he'll play with Tua. He's gone now. He's like, he's not fantasy relevant. You can't, if you have got Cedric Wilson in a dynasty league, he's now effectively worthless. Yeah. And by the way, Ed, here's the thing about um, Gesicki with, when it comes to Cedric Wilson. Mike Gesicki played fewer than 100 snaps as a tight end last year. Yeah. He was a slot receiver. Yeah. So Cedric Wilson, like, either he eats into Gesicki, Gesicki eats into him, or both. And, I mean, you have to wonder, now they paid they paid Cedric Wilson. So could Gesicki be on the move here? I, I mean, there's a lot, lot to unfold here, but it's a blow to Gesicki as well because you mm. would think, all right, Cedric Wilson, you know, he's – I thought he was a good receiver. You know, I think he's a good receiver. I thought that was a decent move. But um, now, I mean, it, 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 everything blows up. Unless all of a sudden you're going to have Mike Kosicki playing um, as an inline tight end, which is something, like, quite frankly, Murph, I mean, he didn't do. He played no. over – this pro, pro football focus, he played over 800 snaps last year. Basically, 11% of them were as a tight end. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? You I, sit there and think, what's he going to do? Yeah, it's, there's – a big blow to him. I mean, Miami now probably are the hardest team for fantasy rankings because the running back room's a mess. You've got a bunch of guys with Moster and Edmonds. Um, and, you know, you've still got the running back room from last year that's there. You know, you've got you've got Kasiki, as you mentioned. You've got this wide receiver room's really confusing. I like. How are you supposed to sit there and unpack that? And then you've got somewhere like Atlanta where you've got, <laughs> we've got Christian Blake as a starting wide receiver. Alade Zacchaeus. Oh, my God. Alade Zacchaeus. And, and Christian Blake is your starting wide receiver. Marcus Mariota throwing the ball. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's... It's, it's not the, fair, is it? It, it isn't. It's not fair. You know, I saw the AFC odds come out, by the way, and these probably have adjusted since then. But soon after the trade, the Dolphins still had the 12th best odds to win the AFC the AFC not the Super Bowl like I, I mean the it really is loaded up and like no. you know you're looking at Tom Brady sitting there he's got to be cackling oh yeah he is you he's got to be laughing Tom I mean, he's like just send everyone out of oh the- I see your shirt there Murph by the way I know oh, yeah you pressed for all of like three weeks <laughs> still there Listen, still enjoy it. You know, the thing is, right? So here's a funny story. That the day that Tom Brady officially retires, I got asked to do an event with an ex NFL football player here in London and um a, a, a presenter from Sky Sports. And I got asked about, you know, how do you feel about you know what's happened? I'm like, well, listen, I've taken it, it is what it is, it's fine. Um, and then I I made the bold statement we were still gonna win the NFC South anyway, because the NFC South is an absolute I mean, it, it's it's in the it's in the gutter. Yeah. It's an awful division. So you're like, well, you know, whoever they get a quarterback, as long as it's someone who can throw the ball and not turn it over thirty times, they're probably going to be okay. Involved, <laughs> everything's just parted. For, I mean, literally, there's now what two teams. I mean, Dallas have got worse. 
Green Bay have got worse. The 49ers still a bit confused of what they're doing. Yeah, they might not the Cardinals have got an unhappy quarterback and, and they've lost some receivers. I mean, really, you're looking at this. It, it is a case of it's going to be the Rams and, and the Bucks, really. At this stage, I mean, things can change, but I, what do you do? Like, it's just the NFC just is depleted. Russell Wilson's gone. Devontae Adams is gone. <laughs> all these receivers are just, all these star players have left the NFC. It is literally becoming like a major league, minor league situation. And how it's about, just that the NFC has a couple of stars. How about the fact that the, the, the Broncos traded two first round picks for the third best quarterback in their division? <laughs> I mean, like, say what you want, but if I'm trying to win a game tomorrow, I'll take Mahomes. And and Herbert, and I mean, I know you could throw it out there. Well, Herbert hasn't done it. I understand that, you know. But I just, from yeah. an aesthetic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, I think Herbert's got the edge on Wilson. I, I, I mean, Wilson, you pop him back in the NFC, he might be the third best quarterback in the conference. Oh yeah, he is absolutely or fourth. I mean, it's him and Stafford for third. Right, right. Essentially, you got Brady and and and, and Rogers. So. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just uh, it that it, that's going to take a lot of time to unpack. But anyway, I'm looking at my best ball rankings. Believe it or not, Murph, I actually had Tyreek Hill out of the first round, um, oh, okay. uh, which I don't know. I mean, I had him. Here's who I had above him. Besides the obvious, uh, uh, I had Jefferson at eight. This this one probably would have been controversial. Debo at nine. Okay. Um, Najee Harris at ten. I dropped Devontae Adams to 11th, and then I have Kamara at 12, and I moved Kamara up because they brought Winston back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Winston, I think, is good for Kamara because he's going to run a more traditional offense there than if you have freaking Taysom playing. Um, but – and then I had Tyreek at 13. You know, he had some up and down games last year. And I had Kelsey all the way down at 27 because – you know, I had Mark Andrews. I, I I swear I might just flip Hill and Kelsey in my rankings the way yeah. I look at it right there and say Hill now becomes a second, third round type of guy. Kelsey's that borderline first and second round type of guy. And and then I have to move Waddle down because I am gonna I am going to have Waddle below Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah. I, I think that's gonna be the conventional opinion, but I mean the question is Tua. And you have Teddy there. Okay. You know, Teddy had a good, he had a pretty good year coaxing numbers out of Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson in Carolina, but he couldn't do the same last year in Denver. Couldn't do it. He's obviously an insurance play for Tua here, but you know, going back to the scouting reports on Tua when he was coming out, and I remember Greg Cosell saying, This is not a high level traits prospect. What he is and what he can be. Is, is a high-level accuracy prospect with high-level processing. If he gets there, he can have a career that resembles. Obviously, you, you have mm. to project your best-case scenario that resembles Drew Brees. Because Drew Brees was not a high-level traits prospect, and he was never a high-level traits <laughs> player. You know, And now the question becomes... If Tua can't show that, and you don't have to be 100% Drew Brees, all right? 75% of Drew Brees is a guy who's going to play in the NFL for, for a decade. Yeah. Um, if he can get there, he now has the weapons. He's going to be a very fascinating player for fantasy because in the range of outcomes is Teddy Bridgewater starts half the games this year. That's in the range of outcomes. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, the thing is that Tua is under huge pressure because not just because of all this investment that's gone in around him, but they fired their last coach over him. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Flores was was not fired for results. He was fired because he did not want Tua. He did not believe Tua was going to be the player that took them on long, consistent playoff runs. And yeah. so that's why he wanted Watson. That's why he wanted a change. Now, listen, you can question his integrity as to why he wanted Watson and, and all of that jazz, right? Whatever. Yeah, for sure. But you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. 
testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. He, there was something that in his two years of coaching the team, he didn't want to. He, there's something he didn't like, whether that's politics, whether it's managing the the expectations, you know. And the, the other thing is, of all the of all the quarterbacks that started in the NFL, exclude the teams where they do captain by committee every week. Tua was the only significant starting quarterback that wasn't a captain in the NFL last year. You know, so Jalen Hurts was a captain. I he know, made all of four saying. starts. This is what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's almost like a de facto position. So when you look at all of that, you think, well, okay, they've backed Tua, fine. You got to back a horse in the race. They backed Tua. They've now given him every weapon under the sun. They now have, on paper, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Definitely top top six or seven. You'd have to say with what they've got. So yeah, the pressure's on him. If he does not perform, yeah, Teddy Teddy Two Gloves is going to come in and, and play a few games because someone's got to. The expectation levels of this team with Tyreek Hill today is we got to win the division, which yeah. isn't going to be easy with the with the Bills and the Patriots. You know, the Patriots are a receiver or two away from really competing in this division. Yeah, they've got very, the D, very they've much got the so. quarterback. Very so, much so. Yeah, I, I mean. Tua, look, you're you're 100% right about Tua, not to rehash the whole the old arguments, but, like, this was a big organizational line in the sand. They put their foot down. Because mm. I remember Scott Barrett, he does his post-draft press conferences article where he goes through and listens on basically every, like, first day, second day skill position player and wants to hear what the, what the coaches have to say. And... This is like literally like we're talking. We are talking two weeks into the life of FantasyPoints.com. You know, I, I hadn't been working with Scott that long, um, and he 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 pops it in our Slack. We use Discord now, by the way. But at the time, we used Slack, and he's like, "You you guys are going to think I'm nuts." He pops the article in here, and he says, "I don't try to do. I, I try to make takeaways, and I think this is pretty accurate." And he's sitting there, and he pops this article in here, and he's like, "Read the Miami section." And he's like, because I don't think they like Tua. Like he thought, he said he thought Brian Flores was at a funeral when he was talking about Tua. Turns out he was a hundred percent correct. Like now that, like, like, and and this is where I was so like on Tua because there was a lot of this is fandom. It's not just NFL. It's NBA. NBA is really bad about this. Um, um, but stan culture on Twitter. There was a very active Tua stan culture. But, like, I mean, let's look at the facts here, man. This is a guy who, as a rookie quarterback, was benched multiple times in-game without an injury. Okay? So they are bringing in this coach very specifically to say, this is our quarterback. Now, do I think McDaniel might be able to do this? Yeah. But, I mean, from, from a Tyreek Hill perspective, what did he, in Kansas City, he had both the short stuff that he could take long and the long stuff that really had to keep a defense honest. They're going to have to prove right now that they can stretch the field, that defenses are going to have to be be kept honest because Tua has not shown that. So I think defenses are going to try to condense around the line of scrimmage a little bit more. Oh, you're going to try that Rudy Poo, Debo Samuel stuff all the time? <laughs> well, beat us over the top or else we're sticking eight in the box. Like. Yeah. Like and and you know it, and now it comes down to Tua and look we know what Bridgewater is you know Bridgewater isn't going to win you games um but here's the other factor and why this is such a referendum on Tua this year they have two first round picks next year they mm-hmm. did not have to trade one of those picks in this deal so you're now one of these teams that has and already there's two guys who everybody's talking about next year C.J. Stroud at Ohio State and Bryce Young at Alabama. Everybody's talking about them. And as you well know, somebody from from Bell End State University <laughs> is going to come out of nowhere and put up big numbers, and there's going to be another name thrown into the ring. I will guarantee you nobody was talking about Kenny Pickett last year, all right? Uh, I, I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, Pitt, Pitt is, the, uh, Pitt is the, uh, the little brother in, in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, and 
nobody was really talking about Pickett. So there's going to be somebody there. And now you're armed up to it. This is, hey, man, everybody said it on Twitter. No, no more excuses for Tua. Why has everybody said it? Because it's obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, you know, when you're looking at playing best ball, though, man, just you do have to ask yourself, well, what if things do go right? He could put up some solid numbers this year, man. I mean, if things do go right, and he does become that distributor that he was in Alabama, there's a chance this does go well for them. They 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 sign Teron Armstead. They're bringing in offensive linemen. They have um, some semblance of a run game now with Edmonds and well the the Raheem Mostert is is a, special. I mean, he's a walking he is a walking rhetorical question, right? <laughs> Like, I mean, is he, you know, is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? Like, I feel, I, I feel like someone should get like a hat with a big Q that's attached to it. Because <laughs> he's always questionable on an injury report, right? Yeah, he's the, he the Riddler in the new Batman movie. He, that's exactly it. He's just the <laughs> ultimate Riddler. He's like, there you go. He can hey, you're a, your boy Bobby Pats did a hell of a job, by the way. He was fan. <laughs> actually, this is the second consecutive English Batman. Oh no, I'm forgetting uh, about Ben Affleck. Yeah, you forgot about Affleck in the middle. Uh, I've never, I never saw those movies. I never saw. I, that. I've but, not seen, I've not seen the new Batman. But yeah, I mean, Robert Pattinson uh, did a hell of a job, by the way. So that, yeah. that, put that on your list, Murph, because that's a, right. that was a heck of a movie. Yeah. I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on the list. It's only just come out in cinema here, like within the last like week, week and a half. So oh, really? Was to... it was it out in America first? Yeah, I think it was out in America first. Well, it's really good. You go check it out. Yeah, I'll I'll add that one to the list for sure. Um, Let's talk about, you've mentioned best ball, and that's why I want to get you on here, because you you play a lot of best ball. We've had you on before. We've talked about you use best ball to help you formulate your rankings and your projections, and and you kind of get an idea for prices and use it as your kind of preseason to get your draft mojo on. And I do something very similar, so I completely respect it. And last year we did a bit of a masterclass. And if, if viewers are, we've picked up a lot of new listeners in the last year. If you missed the show with Joe last year, I think you came out around April. I'll retweet it out anyway. Listen to that. There's a lot of really good stuff. I wanted to kind of do a, like a 102 on, on best ball just to chop up because best ball and, and best ball is now in the UK, probably the fastest growing form of fantasy football outside of Superflex. Uh, yeah. uh, dynasty leagues because what people did in 2020 here, especially here in the UK with severe lockdown was people drafted a load of dynasty teams far too many dynasty teams didn't realize best ball was a really a thing so drafted a load of dynasty teams then got left with too many dynasty teams to manage and therefore dumped a load of orphans and then leagues died and whatever but people want to draft and not have to manage a team. And therefore, now best ball's big enough. The problem here in the UK is platforms like Underdog and things like that aren't here. So it's DraftKings, which is pretty poor. Yahoo, which is pretty poor. Or you get people like myself and next week's guest, um, Tom Best Ball uh, UK on. And a few others who put together best ball leagues for people just to draft and, and, and do things. So... In terms of the fact that people now are getting more into it because of the fact they need to draft and sort of scratch that itch and people are doing it more and more, let's make sure that people get you know much better at it and better. So the first question I always get from people, and this is the one I'm going to post to you, is it's a completely different game. It's a completely different game. And, and people always ask me about best ball. Like, is it just the same as redraft and dynasty? I'm like, no, it's a a completely different game. You've got to approach it differently. You've got to strategize for it differently. What would you say is the biggest thing you have to change from getting out of that redraft or dynasty mindset to play best ball? What are the skills you need in order to really be successful? Well, I think first and foremost, um, and this is, I'm not going to be breaking any news here, um, but I think stacking, is is so much more prevalent in best ball. Like if you're going to take down a total points league, 
Um, you know, especially one of these big multi multi league tournaments, you know, these big entry tournaments, um, you're going to need to maximize your scoring potential. And when you're playing week to week fantasy football, well, for sure, sometimes that's going to work if you have um, RIP uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree mm-hmm. Hill. But what if it's one of those games where Tyree Hill catches three passes for 14 yards, which he had last year a couple of times, you know, not, not exactly that, but didn't get in the end zone. Mahomes had a down game you know, that's going to hurt you. So I think it's much more viable in a best ball format. One thing that I'm really starting to warm up, though, and honestly, I think I'm warming up on this in, in most formats. The value of an early quarterback is mm-hmm. now, I mean, I've got Josh Allen right on the borderline of my second round here. Okay. And I think that's, I. you know, we had an article by Jeff Henderson at fantasypoints.com where he used his own proprietary fantasy wins above replacement stat to essentially deduce that Josh Allen is worth a first-round fantasy pick in 2022. And the thing he thinks that is uh, very um, actionable about that is he you don't he doesn't think you're going to have to spend a first-round draft pick on Josh Allen. So, you know, you could still use a little game theory and a little bit of um, and a little bit of essentially manipulating the system to say I'm going to get a first round pick and I'm going to get Josh Allen who's worth a first round pick. I'm starting to get all, all in on that kind of thinking. But um, I really my most successful fantasy teams last year in best ball, and I don't know if this is going to be the case this year, had Mark Andrews on them, and okay. the thing is, is like obviously Kelsey was pretty good for fantasy. But Darren Waller was a massive bust. And I'm wondering if I was successful with those Mark Andrews teams simply because the Darren Waller and, uh, for the most part, George Kittle teams were essentially eliminated from the get-go with, like, how poorly those seasons went in terms of injuries or usage or whatnot. So I really have gotten into the draft a quarterback and, 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 and tight end kind of early um, maybe one or the other. I think that's something that I've really been good at. But you also mentioned DraftKings. Um, I totally agree with you. I don't think the user experience with DraftKings is as great as Underdog. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, have you played? Uh, you know, you you don't have Underdog, but have you played on it? I mean, no, have you had the can't. opportunity? Yeah. Okay. We actually can't. Like, is there's no actual way to do it? Yeah. Um. Hopefully that comes soon. Um, because it, it really is a great app. But here is one of the biggest problems, and and something that you can exploit, and maybe they'll fix it this year. DraftKings push notifications on their best ball drafts are atrocious. <laughs> like you know, sometimes you know you might be, you know, playing with your bell end, you know, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, hey, I'm I'm gonna do a draft while I'm doing that, and you found some content that you that you thought to be particularly interesting and you kind of forgot well here's the thing underdogs <laughs> notifications i have my notification that's my that's my old boy stanley by the way. Oh, um, my underdogs notifications are perfect like they they pop up as soon as your pick DraftKings sometimes gives you like 10 seconds to make your pick at that i will tell you i think DraftKings adp and their push notification system is exploitable because if you're actually active on DraftKings and you're like watching every pick, I think you're going to have an advantage because there's going to be multiple auto picks. And that happens in every best ball draft. Um, But DraftKings, if you're doing a fast draft, 30 seconds per pick, I guarantee you, you are going to miss some picks if you aren't paying 100% attention. That's particularly uh, exploitable. But there's another thing I got to throw out to you, Murph, and I'm going to be honest here, and I'm glad I haven't done it. (laughs) I am a militant do not draft best ball until after the NFL draft guy. I don't do it. I just, I, a couple years ago, I did it and I got massacred. All right. I was, it was a bloodbath. And, you know, I said, I, 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 I'm in the, I'm in the um, advice business. So I'm going to give advice that I gave myself. Don't do it. Like, and there are people who vehemently disagree with me. Like, like, oh my God, what if you got this rookie in the 18th round last year and then he was a second round pick and he's getting, and that's totally fair. That's totally cool. But like, I'm thinking about the futile exercise I've had of doing these theoretical best ball ranks. What would I do if I were in a best ball? And I've been ripping my hair out. And the one thing that I, that I do is like, I, I sit down and after the draft and I can take a deep breath and take 
um, all my my information in the information that I have gathered over the last month, month and a half, heading up into the NFL draft, because you're formulating opinions with every single move that is made. Okay, you know, we just talked about Tyree Kill. I did not wake up today anticipating that I would be talking to you about Tyree Kill on the Miami Dolphins. No. I, I did that. That was not in my, you know, you said earlier in the podcast, um, and I, I, I tend to go on tangents here. I'm sorry, but I love uh, earlier in the podcast, you said, um, you know, at, at, this was, uh, it was shockingly quick, you know, for a bit of an off color comment. It felt like we were driving through Dealey Plaza. I mean, <laughs> just like, like a wave, a, a monumental wave that happened in seconds, essentially. It was very much unlike the Deshaun Watson thing, which, like, I, I mean, I tweeted last week, I'm sick of Deshaun Watson, but it was true. And I mean, I like, I, I was sick of the whole thing. I was sick of, you know, how long it was taking and how that was clogging up the pipes, so to speak. Well, those pipes have come unclogged, but, you know. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm just thinking here, yes, there is an advantage to playing best ball, you know, getting guys, uh, capitalizing on uncertainty. For instance, um, I was looking at um, uh, Underdog's ADP yesterday, and over the last two weeks, you know, Leonard Fournette, his his average draft position was like in the seventh round, all right? What? You could have drafted Leonard Fournette in the seventh. He's a second-round pick right now, Murph. I mean, back in Tampa Bay, there's an advantage there. But what if you took Tyree Kill at six overall? Yeah. So a a lot of luck of the draw comes into that. And yeah, like, look, I I do all kinds of stuff where, you know, I I, I like to go to the casino and shoot craps. Okay. Yeah. Luck plays into it. But like, I like to have a little bit more certainty in my best ball. So that's why I've had a lot more success waiting until May 1, you know, just after the NFL draft, maybe even after the first two rounds of the NFL, first two days of the NFL draft, when most of the big time skill position players are in place, you know, that that's where I've had a lot of my success. Um, And that's just how I approach it because I look at, I'm just, I'm scrambling with these rankings. And I mean, that, that Tyree kill thing came out of nowhere. No, I mean, it's just really, like, I, I'm still reeling from it. I, and the thing is as well, with the way that these dominoes are falling, it's every two days. Now there's a significant trade in the NFL and we're not done. Jimmy G is still out there. Carolina still need to do something. Baker Mayfield needs to get traded. You know, there is still, and I know they're not as big a name as bigger news, but Baker Mayfield going to, I mean, I don't know how many spots are remaining out there. There's not many, but let's say Baker Mayfield to Carolina. Well, how does that affect CMC? How does that affect um, DJ Moore? How does that affect, you know, maybe not as significantly, but Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall Jr. You know, these are the things that you're right with best ball, that if you're out there playing now with serious cash on the line, you are just literally gambling. You're literally gambling because it is it is a crapshoot because it is a case of there are so many moves yet to happen. Yeah. And there's and still some good free agents. There's still some good wide receivers out there, but I still think wide receivers are going to get traded. I still think there's going to be a few that, that need to move on. I mean, you mentioned Devontae Parker. That's quite an obvious one now, but we need to move on. But there's going to be quite a few out there and, you know, what does that do for Atlanta? Atlanta obviously need to get in there. You're saying that Philly are in there for oh, Green Philly's Bay been, needs some. Philly, we know Philly was in on Calvin Ridley. We know Philly was in on Allen Robinson. Um, but also Philadelphia. Philadelphia is super interesting to me this offseason too because it almost feels like they've kind of struck out here. Mm. Um, but you look at the package that, that it took to get Tyreek Hill and the money, and then, you know, you – Howie Roseman had his irons in on all of this. And it comes out, yes, he was in on Calvin Ridley. Yes, he was in on Allen Robinson. And all the fans are pissed off. You didn't land these guys. Well, then Jeff Mosher reports, and multiple guys I think have reported this, that the Eagles weren't in on Tyreek Hill. 
So it gets your brain turning a little bit. We know that now that could be, oh, they didn't want to bring Tyreek Hill's history to Philadelphia. Well, apparently they called on Deshaun Watson. So, you know, like <laughs> that doesn't really register for me. Um, no. But what, what what is interesting about Philly now is they determined this price was not something they were willing to pay for Tyreek Hill, which, which turned out to be five draft picks, including a first and a second rounder and a record setting contract. So my wheels are turning in that they're saying to me, Philadelphia is not going to make a trade for a wide receiver that compromises their ability to make a trade for a quarterback, whether a veteran one like Kyler Murray comes available next year um, or, you know, um, they trade up for a CJ Stroud in the event that Jalen Hurts doesn't improve this year. So that was 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 staggering to me because it feels like now Philadelphia is going to have an opportunity. They're not a Super Bowl contender the way things stand right now. We know that. Um, but Philadelphia, essentially everybody in the NFC has gotten weaker around them, mm. with the exception of maybe Tampa Bay. You know, the Rams, the Rams brought in Allen Robinson, but they might not have Odell Beckham. The Packers traded um, uh, Devontae Adams. Dallas got significantly worse this offseason. So Philly is almost like, well, all right, we missed on some of our key moves. But everybody around us got worse. Like, can we make a run at this division with by running it back and still have everything available next year? Well, I'm going to be fascinated with what they're going to do in the draft because they have three first-round picks. I don't think, and Adam Schefter reported this today, he doesn't think Philly has any irons in the fire on quarterbacks in this year's class. But I have been working under the assumption I, – Marv, I, I would be willing to bet my life savings that Philadelphia does not make all three of their first round picks where they stand right now. Mm-hmm. So currently I think it's 14, 15 and 19. I will be utterly blown away. If you were to have me on the podcast the day after the first round of the NFL draft and Philadelphia selected players at 14, 15 and 19, maybe they make three first round picks. Maybe they do it at, 10 21 and 23 maybe they make two first round but if they make all three of those picks where they stand without doing any sort of maneuvering i will be floored i am working under the assumption that howie roseman is going to try to trade one of those picks for a first rounder next year so he can re like but the fact that they weren't willing to pay that price on tyree kill at a position where they have been basically connected to everyone tells me they're they're certainly in in the market to not blow up their ability to maneuver next year. But, you know, what if somebody like Tyler Lockett becomes available? And, all right, that costs a couple of third-round picks. That's something I think they'd be in on. Devontae Parker, like, Devontae Parker might be able – you might be able to have him for a six-round pick right now. You know, like, something like that just – that's a team that I think's in a, it could be in at wide receiver to see. But the fact that they weren't in on Tyree Kill is telling to me because that that means they're not going to be they wouldn't. So for instance, I don't think they would be in the market for DK Metcalf if he were to become available because you would no. think Metcalf would probably demand maybe ninety percent of what the Tyree Kill package was given yeah. his age and his history. So um, that's a team that's really fascinating to me with this wide receiver market because. I mean, on, on at at the position at at free agent, like it's Valdez Scantling and who else right now? Beckham, but Beckham might not play the first half of the year. You got all the you veterans: know? Hilton, yeah. Green, um, who might have been dust last year. You know, like, yeah. Just... I mean, you've you've got a lot a lot of the old guard who are kind of just one more one more deal, one more deal. It's an interesting thing. You've just made me think about Philly, and the one thing that you kind of got me thinking there is quarterback next year. There is a quarterback in Baltimore who is struggling to agree a deal. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be a free agent next year if he does not agree a deal? It's not looking likely he's going to agree a deal at this stage. Things change. Yeah, it's. I Maybe mean, that's they... fascinating because, I mean, could you imagine? And I and I threw this out there like when I was saying like these teams that are loading up. Uh, the trade market for quarterbacks is something that it, it did not exist five years ago. It just didn't. And now it does. There's a little bit of an NBA player empowerment here. Like, 
know, Kyler Murray, he wiped his Instagram clean of Cardinal stuff three weeks ago, and then it's back two weeks ago. But who's to say he's not pissed off next year? Who's to say Lamar Jackson's not like, you know what? You guys, I won the MVP, and you're treating me like I'm an unproven quarterback. Get me the hell out. Like, you're 100% right. And who would have said that Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz would all be traded in the same offseason? I mean, just, it's wild. Deshaun Watson was part of that. I mean, Watson we knew was unhappy anyway, but... I mean, it, it it's wild. And, like, I think you have to keep your options open for the future. And that's what Miami's doing, too, by the way. Because they traded all these picks but still have two firsts next year. Um, Philly, Philly, I still think, is going to move on for one next year. you got to be able to keep your options open. And that's also a long way of going about saying, man, I've moved Jalen Hurts way up in my best ball rankings recently. Because it is becoming 100% obvious he's their quarterback this year. Yeah, I completely agree. I can't believe the disrespect you've shown Case Keenum by not including oh, him in the, in the quarterbacks that were you traded. Know, oh, by yeah. the way, another uh, uh, more evidence that um, the Browns thing, not that Keenum's a bad backup quarterback, but they just, the Browns signed a quarterback, Murph, with 37 career starts for a reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Watson's missing eight games. Yeah. You can... You I'll can be put that in bed now. Get I mean, the contract did everything to tell me that he's getting banned. You know, you don't move a guy's basic salary to a million dollars without that's... thinking he's going to get fined and yeah. therefore banned. So, um, completely agree. This has been a delight to do. Um, I've enjoyed this immensely, and uh, we've we've got in a lot of slang, a lot of swear words, a lot of bell ends, uh, more bell ends than I was expecting. Uh, and, and, and helmet means bell end too, right? Absolutely, helmet means bell end. Um, it's yeah, it, it, listen, it's all all on the table. Uh, you told me that Liam Gallagher was your big influence for. Well, uh, he taught me knob jockey. <laughs> That, that one that, that that is the first that is the first one that that that, it, that I was like well you ever, if you ever saw South Park the movie where they're like sitting in the theater watching the the movie they're watching and they're and the the crowd and 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 uh, I think it was oh god who who are they called the Canadian comedians with the mouths that open I haven't seen South Park in a long time oh I know who you mean yeah, 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 yeah. like but like they're they're just very vulgar and like they come up with like these curse words and like um, the, all the kids, the South Park kids are in the movie theater going, "Wow!" <laughs> when I saw Liam Gallagher tweet "knob jockey," I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like it was like mind blowing. You guys have just such better words than us. Like, yeah, but do you know what? <laughs> you say that, but there's so many things that we don't do very well. Um, <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Joe, why don't you tell everyone who has enjoyed the last hour or so um, where they can find you, interact. Uh, buy a subscription to fantasypoints.com uh, and you know you mentioned some of the great work and articles over there the wins against replacement the rankings but just the great content from greg cassell and yeah um lots of great stuff so take it away tell everyone where they can get this amazing content yeah so fantasypoints.com um and we have a lot more coming we're adding golf this year um we have some exciting things on the horizon to announce um we are expanding um we uh we still have all the same content that and we the thing that we really like is that we're able to um kind of come in a little bit cheaper than other people at fantasypoints.com um and i think you're going to really enjoy the fact that you can get in on the early bird special right now um which is going to last you up until the draft which is basically um, it's basically 30% off of our package, but go to fantasypoints.com, subscribe. Greg Cosell's doing the NFL prospect guide. I'm literally like, I took time off of inputting prospects into our database specifically for that guide to do this podcast. Um, I, I like, it. I'm just really, Hey, I mean, this is the, I, I enjoy doing this. So this is fantastic, but fantasypoints.com, you'll find my content. I'm at FG underscore Dolan. Um, the site is at fantasy PTS. We are adding golf. Um, we have so much uh, coming down. The we're improving our um, our DFS optimizer. Our DFS optimizer is in house. We do not um, we do not uh, outsource that. We develop everything in house, so we have it, and it kind of works with our website. Um, so we're p- piling a lot of money into our website. So um, I- I'm really excited. 
um, about everything that we're doing. Um, and I hope uh, y'all uh, enjoy it, Murph. And uh, uh, we need to make this a regular thing, by the way. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. Well, I'll get you back on soon. Uh, after the draft and we can break down what Philly have done and talk about what else and what's up with the F1 season and, and everything else because this has been an absolute delight I love having you on and we didn't even mention your Newcastle United fandom and the uh, the dirty money that oh, they're, they're getting yeah, their blood money yeah that uh <laughs> but hey you know it, it's there's so much cognitive dissonance that goes into being a sports fan I mean you know it's we're, we just spent an hour talking about Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Watson. So yeah. 2022 is going to come up all Joe Dolan because Newcastle are going to get out of jail and, and stay in the Premier League. Um, everyone in the NFC gets worse, which means Philly are probably guaranteed to make the playoffs at least for another year. Um, and so many things. You're going to have a great year with your fandom um, for sure. So appreciate you coming on. We'll get you on again soon. I promise you we'll we'll get it done and we'll chat more, especially with some F1 in the in the season. Rush Station, sorry this was late, but it, I think you'll all agree it was well worth the wait. Um, tune in next week. We'll be back to our regular scheduled programming and check out all the work that we're doing over at fiverrush.co.uk. You'll see lots of new writers, lots of new content. So go check them out. Uh, but until then, as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.